Welcome to the podcast from Church of the Nazarene. Please subscribe to this podcast for the latest updates and new episodes. And you can also search for the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. We also invite you to join us each Sunday morning at 9 on our YouTube channel or Facebook Live. You can also join us in person at 9 or 1030 for our English services or 1145 for our Spanish service. We also invite you to join Celebrate Recovery every Monday night at 630. Thanks for listening. Well, this morning, I want you to imagine with me, uh, I want you to imagine being sick. It's not a fun thought, is it? But imagine, imagine being sick and not knowing it. Maybe you feel a little bit off. You don't feel quite right. You can't really figure it out. So you convince yourself, just tired, just too much stress, just getting old. Some of us can relate to that. I'm the oldest I've ever been. I don't know about you. It's hard to articulate what's wrong. It didn't happen all at once. It's not like one day you woke up. It's just over time, you just started feeling this way. And imagine walking around every day and you're sick, but you just accept it. Sickness becomes your new normal. Can you imagine that? For far too many people in the year 2022, that describes, describes them. Maybe it describes you in me, because today uh, there's an underlying sickness that kind of exists beneath the surface and it's become our new normal. And even, even though we, we would hope and believe that believers in Jesus Christ would be immune from it, the truth is we aren't. We aren't. Uh, researchers have begun uh, to diagnose something. It's called compassion fatigue. Maybe you're really familiar with this. I was not. It's a relatively new thing, but it's, it's being talked about quite a bit now because we're seeing it. We're seeing it become reality around us. Many people, it's beginning to describe something that they've felt for a long time. They didn't even know it had a name, compassion fatigue. Well, what is it? Well, it can have a lot of symptoms, but first and foremost, what is compassion fatigue? It is a decline in the ability to feel and act from a place of compassion. It's a decline in the ability to feel and to act from a place of compassion. There's all sorts of negative emotions that can result. Uh, Here's a few. Anger, annoyance, irritability, skepticism, cynicism, embitterment, resentfulness. It impacts our emotions. It it impacts our cognitive functioning, even contributes to a wide range of physical disorders. Here's what another researcher says about it. Essentially, compassion fatigue disturbs the ability to think clearly, modulate emotions, feel effective and maintain hope. In Matthew 24, Jesus said these prophetic words. Jesus said, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. More than ever, those words, those words of Jesus, caused me to stop and think of how true that is in our world today. Is it true in our hearts today? The love of most will grow cold. We are in the midst of a series called Learning in Unlearning. So welcome. If you missed out on last week, uh, this is week two of our series, Learning and Unlearning. What is this series about? It's causing us as believers in Christ to stop and consider how the world around us is changing. The world around us is changing. 
in light of all that we've experienced in recent days. Maybe for you, recent days, recent months, recent years, the world around us is changing. And if you struggle at all with this concept of learning and unlearning, I, I would highly recommend that you go back and uh, watch or listen to last week's message, not because you need to see me or hear me more, because I think it's a foundational message to help us understand as we build in these coming weeks. Uh, the truth is our message has not changed. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ today, your message, my message has not changed. It will not change. The message that Jesus Christ came to reconcile us, to save us, to redeem us, to give us hope in a future, that message is not changing. It's our rock. That's good news today. But we look around today and we see a world that's changing. So we have to take the time to ask the Lord, how can we be faithful in these days declaring your truth? The truth hasn't changed, but how in these days in which we're living, how can we be faithful to declare this truth? How will we respond today? How will you respond? We're going to be in Mark chapter 6 today. Would you uh, join me in God's word? If you have your Bible uh, with you, you can turn there to Mark 6. If you have your YouVersion Bible app, that's a great place to look to. We have an event set up there, but turn with me in Mark 6. What's happening in Mark 6? The life and ministry of Jesus was defined by compassion, and we see it really clearly in Mark chapter 6. We're going to read a story. Uh, maybe you're familiar with it. Maybe you're not. But Jesus is kind of bringing his disciples back together. He had commissioned them to go and to teach and to pray and to heal and do all kinds of ministry. And they're coming back together. And Jesus, in the midst of, uh, they're exhausted, they're probably tired. Jesus, if you, if you look in Mark chapter 6 and what precedes it, Jesus just got the heartbreaking news that his friend John the Baptist was murdered, was beheaded. So Jesus is probably grieving all these different emotions that they're feeling. And we see in the midst of that, somehow he, he shows compassion. So we're going to be in Mark 6. We're going to read uh, verses 30 to 34 today. Uh, this is God's word for us today. It says this, The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to them all that they had done and taught. So they're excited. Hey, Jesus, this happened. Oh, you should have been there. when, Man, like we saw God's power at work. We saw people come to know, come to faith. Beautiful stories that they're telling them. And then verse 31, because so many people were coming and going, they didn't even have a chance to eat. He said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place to get some rest. Let's recover. Let's rest. Let's share together. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. The introverts in the room are getting blessed. Wait, Jesus understood. I need alone time. Praise the Lord, right? We, we get it. That's what he's doing here. It's beautiful. But yet, verse 33, many who saw them leaving recognized them. And they ran. Listen to that. They ran on foot from all the towns. And they got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and he saw a large crowd, again, remember, this is Jesus and he's tired. This is Jesus and he's grieving. This is Jesus and it was his idea, hey, let's go somewhere alone. Let's get away. Verse 34, though, says when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them. They were like sheep without a shepherd, so he began teaching them many things. 
Lord, this is your word today. It's, it's not my word. It's not our word. It's your word. And we choose today to build our life upon it. And so today we believe there's something powerful you want to show us through your word. Uh, we believe in transformation, not our hard work, your work in transforming us. And so today, God, we believe that there's something you want to do in us. We believe you want us to leave this place a little bit different because we've come into contact with you and your word and your truth. And so we give you permission now to move in our hearts, to speak to us through the power of your spirit who's here among us even now. All God's people said, amen. Amen. So isn't it interesting that Jesus begins teaching out of a heart of compassion? Compassion, you see it there. I paused. I tried to emphasize it as much as I can. You see that Jesus leads with compassion. That's his initial response, isn't it? He was experiencing many things, weariness, hunger, grief. But in spite of that, what does he do? He demonstrates he leads with compassion. And then as he leads with compassion, he teaches them. As he leads with compassion, he ministers to them. His compassion actually doesn't end there. If you keep reading the story, you might be very familiar with it, but Jesus ministers and he teaches. And at this point, the disciples are like, man, Jesus is better than me, but I'm tired and I'm hungry. So Jesus, look, they're tired and hungry too. Let's, let's call it a night. <laughs> Remember that let's get alone to a solitary place thing? Let's do that. Send them away. But Jesus' compassion continues, doesn't it? Maybe you're familiar with the story. We're not going to read through it in its entirety. But Jesus takes five loaves and two fish. And at this point, there's thousands of people. We know there's 5,000 men because culturally in the Judean culture, that's what they counted. But we know if there's 5,000 men, there were thousands more women and children there. And Jesus has the audacity to take five loaves and two fish, and he starts to pray. And before you know it, he starts to pass out the food, and you pass out the food. Disciples, you pass out the food. And he's feeding thousands and thousands of people with just a simple lunch. It's an incredible miracle. But don't miss that it's a miracle of compassion. Jesus could have said, I taught them the truth. Someone else can worry about feeding them. <laughs> I'm up here. I'm exhausted, and I've, I've spent time teaching them. I just healed that person over there. Somebody else can pick up the bill for lunch, right? But Jesus leads with compassion. And his compassion cares not just for their spiritual needs, right? But, yeah, their physical needs. He feeds them. I love, I love how Mark's gospel uh, puts it. We'll have it back on the screen. Verse 34. He had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Might this also describe many of us today? Sheep that are hurting, broken, confused, angry, disrupted. That's the word I used often last week as we introduced this series, that we're experiencing unprecedented disruption in our lives personally, in our society, in our world. Many of us can relate to compassion fatigue, right? That's real. Jesus had compassion on them. They were like sheep without a shepherd. If Jesus' response is compassion, what is ours? What is your response today? Two weeks ago, uh, I was up at Hope Distributed. I talk about Hope Distributed a lot. It's a great place, a great ministry arm of our church, and it's a great place to experience compassion. And so I, I, I just, as soon as I experienced it, I, I just knew I was experiencing something really powerful that I wanted to share 
So two weeks ago, I was up the hill at Hope Distributed. And again, through Hope Distributed, we distribute hope through food and clothing and furniture. And uh, literally every year, over a million pounds of food gets distributed into our community through Hope Distributed. I love, I love, love, love Hope Distributed. But I was there just volunteering and I was doing my job. Now, my job is to be out in the parking lot and help uh, unload food from carts. People come in and they pick out the food they want. Then they come out and I get, I get the privilege, I really do, uh, of offering, hey, can I help you? And many people are so blessed by that. that I promise, I say, sorry, I can't follow you home and help you there, but I can help get it in your, your trunk and get you home. It's, it's great. I get to know them and get to share just a, a moment with them. But, but as I was doing my job, I noticed one of the other staff came out, one of the other volunteers. I'm not going to use his name because that's not what it's about. But I noticed out of the corner of my eye, he was coming out with a woman at first. I was like, well, that's my job. Why is he doing my job for me? I'm the outside guy. He's the inside guy. But when I noticed, this was a, a woman who hadn't been here before. It was her first time. And he was, he was compelled to not just help her get her food and send her out the door. He actually was carrying her box and carrying a bag and walking with her to her car to make sure that she got back into her vehicle okay. And I was struck by this. At first, I was kind of threatened, like, oh, he's gunning for my job, you know, volunteers, right? I was worried that he was gunning for my job, but that wasn't it. He somehow in in the pantry that morning had kind of struck up a conversation with her. And something about her caught his attention. And so he wanted to make sure that he did everything he could to, to minister, to care for her, to show compassion to her. And so I, I was struck for a minute watching them walk across the parking lot. He's older than me, much older than me, seasoned, we'll say, right? Much more seasoned in life, retired. She, uh, much younger, but, but there, there was nothing really that they had in common. She a, was a, a single mom. Uh, they didn't even speak the same language. There was a cultural barrier, a language barrier there. But he walked with her all the way down the hill to the car, made sure that she got her stuff in. And I watched as much as I could every moment because it was beautiful. It was compassion. And when you see it in a world that's so starved for compassion, when you witness genuine compassion, it just stops you in your tracks. It's beautiful. And as he, I wrote it down because I didn't want to forget, as he was loading her stuff in the car and taking the cart back up and, and helping another client, he turned and he said these words to her. It was so beautiful. He said, I'm so glad you came today. Please come again. I love that. I love that heart of compassion. You were not an inconvenience to me. I'm here. We're here to serve you, to make sure that you have what you need Oh, you are welcome here. Please come back again. That moved me. It was compassion. Here's two people that have nothing in common. But compassion made a way. It actually didn't end there. I was already moved by that. But a few minutes later, toward the end of the the pantry, I was back inside. Uh, There wasn't anybody to help load up. And so I was helping clean up and get ready for the pantry that would come in later uh, that Thursday afternoon. And I overheard my friend again. He was talking, uh, this time not to a client, but to one of the other volunteers. And this specific volunteer, um, she's bilingual. And that's super helpful at Hope Distributed because we have people that come in and they need food, they need hope, and they don't always speak English. And we have a heart to minister to everyone in our community. So that particular uh, volunteer that day was super helpful, helping us um, communicate in English and in Spanish. And he began to strike up a conversation with her in, in English, but he just said, you know, I'm pretty old. I'm not really good at learning new things. Again, he wasn't talking to me. I was kind of eavesdropping, right? But he said this. He said, I'm really old. I'm not good at learning 
new things, but you know, I really want to learn Spanish. He said, I used to be in the military and where I was stationed, I, I learned a few words, you know, a few words that I had to know to get around, but I've lost most of that. And he said, I just really want to be able to communicate better to our clients when they come to Hope Distributed. And I got to tell you, <laughs> as I'm listening to this conversation from a man who's pretty seasoned in life, it would be really easy for him to just say, well, my best years are behind me and I'm doing what I can, but I'm too old to learn anything new. You, you know what? <laughs> His compassion was compelling him to do. I, I want to learn to communicate with clients that don't look like me and don't even speak the language I do because I want to serve them better. That is compassion, and it was so beautiful. It stopped me in my tracks. I didn't even say anything to him because I didn't want him to be embarrassed, and I didn't want him to think. I knew, I knew it wasn't, he wasn't saying it for any other reason, that, that God was just working in his heart, and he had genuine compassion for people, every person that he came into contact with. I, I think when we see compassion in the days in which we're living, it's so beautiful. It, it just, it stops you. It captivates you. That is compassion. And I still haven't gotten over it. <laughs> I still haven't gotten over it. There's another place in the gospel, Matthew 22. Uh, Jesus has asked this question, which is the greatest command? So these were religious leaders. These are those that had read the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament and all the laws and then the prophets. And so they were saying, out of all of that stuff, Jesus, which is the greatest? Pick one. And what did Jesus say? You can read it later. It's in Matthew 22. He said, well, love, love God with all your heart in your soul, in your mind. But Jesus didn't stop there, did he? He didn't. We actually can't escape the fact that when Jesus was asked for one, which is the greatest, he said two, didn't he? Think about that for a minute. Which is the greatest? And Jesus gives two. He says, love God with all your heart, soul, mind. The second is like it, love your neighbor. All of the law and prophets hang on these commands. That's what Jesus said. You can look it up later, Matthew 22. All of the truth that you've learned, that you've studied, everything, everything in the law and the prophets and throughout the Old Testament, building up to this moment of Jesus, everything you've learned and understood hangs on these two commands. The truth, truth of God hangs on these together. Jesus could have just said the first and stopped there, but he didn't, did he? He said the greatest is to love the Lord your God with all, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. I don't think it's an exaggeration today to suggest that compassion may be the single greatest need of those around us. Yes, it's Jesus, absolutely. But on the surface... We have neighbors and community and colleagues and classmates who are starving for compassion. In a world that's dry and parched, we have cold water, cool water to bring. How will we respond? How did Jesus respond? First with compassion, then truth. First with compassion, then service. First with compassion and then proclamation. Compassion is always what moved him first. The bottom line today I want to share with you is this. I believe compassion may be what people around you need most. 
Can they count on you for it? Can they count on compassion from you? Maybe you resonate a little, a little too much with that compassion fatigue. Maybe the circumstances of the last couple years of life, your personal life, what's happening in our world, you feel a little beat up and compassion is not as easy as it used to be. Not for that person or those people or you know what I'm talking about. Well, the truth is, I believe when we see compassion in our everyday life, it's beautiful. Sometimes it can be so simple, but when you see it, it's absolutely beautiful. I thought this video helped display that wonderfully. Take a look. Something unexpected happened at a rough and tumble sea park. It even caught the attention of the police. Here's Steve Hartman on the road. How do kids behave when no grown-ups are around? Danette Mabes of South Brunswick, New Jersey says, you never really know. Because you're not watching him at that moment and at that time. She had always just assumed her son was good. Right. Until recently, when 13-year-old Gavin Mabes got caught on tape showing his true character. Oh, my God. Gavin and some middle school friends had just arrived at a skate park. The park was empty, except for little Carter Brunel, who was here with his mother celebrating his fifth birthday. Carter is autistic. Big groups of older kids can make him nervous, so his mom, Kristen, was fully prepared to get him out of there. She just wasn't prepared for what happened next. I don't know. They've really just shocked me. It was unlike any experience I think I've ever had. You know how middle school kids sometimes operate like they're in a pack? Well, that's pretty much what happened here. Gavin led the way, and the others followed. The only surprise was that Gavin didn't start trouble. He started a friendship. This kid's already Gavin's just going around with him and making him feel special. And the rest of his friends kind of followed suit and then started singing happy birthday to him. Happy birthday! That really blew me away. Because you just want to see the kindness in the world. And I wanted Carter to have a good birthday. It was such a great birthday. Yeah. And such a kind deed. Even the local police department responded. And we're going to throw you guys a pizza party next week over at school. But here's the best part. Since their first meeting, Gavin and the middle schoolers have continued to go out of their way to play with Carter. How are you doing? He was just so happy and he made us all happy. So fun to be around. Yeah. He's rad. Yeah. <laughs> and as for the moms, You're awesome. for them, this was a moment of parenting utopia where the only thing better than seeing your kid treated kindly is knowing that your kid is treating others kindly even when you're not watching. That was so cool. I was just so proud of him. You want a race? <laughs> He's good. You did it right. Thank you. <laughs> Steve Hartman, on the road, in South Brunswick, New Jersey. Some proud moms there. That's the CBS Evening News. I'm Margaret Brennan. Jeff will be back on Monday, and I will see you Sunday on Face the Nation. Have a great night. What does compassion look like? in your everyday, ordinary life. The disrupted world in which we're living is desperate for something. And Jesus led with compassion. We must also. See, the truth is, the truth is, even if we're experiencing this fatigue and disruption 
around us. The truth is through the power of God's spirit within us. That's what it says in Romans chapter five. His love has been poured out within us that we can, we must show compassion to others. Even the one near you that's hardest to love. I wonder who was the most desperate that day in Mark chapter 6. As Jesus, again, he just wants to be alone and he sees the crowd. I wonder who was the most desperate that day for healing. Who was the most desperate that day for truth? They had been living their life and they felt lost and hopeless. They felt like there must be something else and they were so desperate to hear real truth proclaimed. Who was the most hungry that day in the crowd? I don't know. I don't think Mark knew. He's writing, right? But I actually believe Jesus did. And I believe out of the thousands that gathered that day, he, he would have ministered even just to that one, that one that needed healing, that one that desperately needed truth, He was tired and exhausted and grieving, but he knew that one needed truth. That that one that was really, really hungry, he could have sent them away, but but not, not that one. He would feed thousands and thousands of people just so that one could have what they need. Today, I believe if you ask, the Lord will send you one. And then tomorrow, he'll probably send you another one. And then after that one, moment by moment, day by day, the the one who desperately needs compassion. When they experience it in and through your life, it will be so beautiful. It will be shocking to them in such a way that they're they're gonna wanna know more about that. Jesus led with compassion and then, oh, he got to proclaim truth, didn't he? That's what our world around us is so desperate for today. I'm gonna ask you uh, to bow your head. I wanna pray for you today. I wanna pray for you today if your world is so disrupted right now that compassion, compassion's really hard. Maybe you feel like life and, and our world and the disruption around us has kind of sucked the compassion out of you. Maybe you resonate a little bit with me at the beginning saying, you, can't, you don't know when it started, but it's this, this sickness where you're struggling to be patient with other people. You're struggling to extend grace. You're struggling to believe the best. You're struggling to have hope with relationships around you. You're struggling to show compassion to people that are not like you. Today, let's take the cue from our Savior who in the midst of disruption, he led with compassion. So God, today, um, we've been praying a lot in these days for the one. The reason we do that is because when we look at the whole, it's pretty overwhelming. But Lord, we begin with one. So I, I pray today that we would be people of compassion. I pray today that we would lead with compassion. That's a, that's a dangerous prayer, Lord, because as we pray that, you're gonna give us people that need compassion. You're gonna, you're gonna help us come into contact with people that need compassion. But if we, those that claim faith in Christ, if we can't show compassion to a lost and hurting world, who will? Who will?
move in our hearts, Lord. Bring us joy and hope. Bring new life and, yes, new compassion within us. For the world that you died to save, show us, Lord. Heal us, Lord. In your name, we pray. Thank you so much for listening today. Go ahead and subscribe to our channel for updates and new episodes. And if you have any questions about our church or ministries, go ahead and email us at info at cotnaz.org.